0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a
1: blessing to you. As dawn broke, he arose. Jesus was coming for his kingdom. Coming to save man from sin. Coming to crush the hold of death from within. Coming so man could live with him forever. But man's heart did not desire his saving grace. He came humbly on the unbroken foal of a donkey. As he entered the city, the people rejoiced, but Jesus wept. You see, the crowds didn't want forgiveness and mercy. They desired an earthly victory. They followed Jesus for misguided reasons. They followed his works, but denied the freedom in his words. He came for a spiritual kingdom, not of earth, but the kingdom of heaven. And though legions of angels knelt before him, he did not come to wage war on the Romans, but to wage war on religion. That cancerous hypocrisy driven by pride, which concluded that the sinner should be shamed excluded. But these very sinners were the purpose of his crucifixion. Make no mistake, Jesus did not die a victim. He was instead the willing sacrifice for our sin. We worship Jesus today, not because of what he may do for us, but because of who he is to us. Our King, our Messiah, and our God who brought his kingdom through a cross. The heavy cost that pointed to a promise, a revelation that one day will stand with every nation, tribe, and language. Palm branches lifted high, one voice united in a deafening cry, salvation belongs to our God.
0: And let's uh, give Jesus, the king of the kingdom, a great big hand, because it's all about him. You know, that's, uh, that's my greatest prayer. My greatest prayer is that people would see Jesus. You know, my prayer is that people would see me, hear me preach, but then forget about my name and forget about me, but remember Jesus. Because that's the most important thing that you could ever encounter. It's Jesus. Not a pastor, not another congregational member, not a leader, doesn't matter who you are, but Jesus that's really the most important thing. You know, it was uh, the Ethiopians that came to the disciples and they simply made a request and they said, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And that's the most important thing of all. So welcome here today. It's uh, really cool. As you can see, uh, today we are celebrating Palm Sunday. And uh, Palm Sunday is the beginning of Easter, Or what's also known as Holy Week and uh, Jeff and Meg have already spoken about the card that's on your seat and again we just want to encourage you to invite someone along to come and hear about Jesus at our Good Friday service or our Resurrection Sunday uh, gathering so it's really good to see you Palm Sunday in case you don't know it's found in all four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And today I'd like to begin with the Apostle John's account and report. And so we're going to pick it up in John chapter 12, and we're going to begin at verse 12, just in case you don't know the story. So remember, uh, Palm Sunday is found in all four Gospels. And so it says, John wrote, The next day a great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And so they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey, and he sat upon it. As it is written, do not be afraid. And I do feel this is a word for someone as I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I hear the Lord saying, don't be afraid. See, in other words, let our eyes be open. See that your king... Is coming at first his disciples did not understand what this meant only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had to be written about him and that these things had to be done to him now the crowd that was with him was also there when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead Many people, because they heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. And so, as I mentioned a few moments ago, Palm Sunday is found in all four Gospels. However, the Gospel of Matthew actually reveals something for us which could be easily missed, and I believe it's seldom mentioned. And so, let's look at Matthew's account and report in Matthew chapter 21, and we'll begin at verse 1. And it says... As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her side. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord has need of them. Okay, sometimes you might say, sometimes you might have someone say, hey, why are you doing what you're doing, you know, when it comes to the stewardship of your time, the giving of your time, volunteering here uh, of a Sunday or throughout the week, or uh, the, the stewardship of your talents or your treasure could be giving a <laughs> donation into the building fund. Uh, just say, the Lord has need of it. Um, And so verse 4, it says that this took place to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet. Again, say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's Matthew's account. The difference being that we're talking about the summoning of a donkey and her foal, her colt. Now, I reckon there'll be someone in the congregation who knows the answer to the question that I'm about to ask. And so the question is Does anyone know how you measure the height of a horse? Put your hand up if you know. Ah, oh, there's a lot of people. Okay, so why doesn't someone come out? Why don't you come out, Celeste, and tell us? I'm just very carefully stepping on these palms, not to trip. So come over here. How do they measure the height of a horse? Hands. Hands, Okay. Yes. Is, it, is it like, like that uh, vertically or horizontally, or does it not matter? I don't know. Does it matter? Is it vertical? It's that way. Okay, I've got pe- some people going like this, and some like this. Or take it, put your hand up if it's like this. Okay, put your hand up if you think it's like this. Okay, so the the former have it. So, okay, all right, thanks Celeste. So, let's get a a picture, there we go. Okay, so they have it vertical as well. All right, so the height of a horse, I reckon the Pilters would have known that answer, April. Um, So the height of a horse is measured from the highest point of the withers where the neck meets the back down to the ground. That's how you measure the height a horse now this is really interesting because we've already read two accounts that Jesus summoned not a horse and not even really just a donkey but the foal of a donkey now in the ancient military days perhaps even in these days a military leader would always choose the tallest horse to ride into a city the reason why he would choose the tallest is because it placed him above everyone else, at least two or three hands higher. And a king, if a king rode into the city, he always wanted his horse to be even higher than the one that I've just spoken about. So because the king, the king wanted to be, he wanted everyone to know that he was the king and that he was above everyone else in the land. So think about this. According to the Gospel of Matthew, the donkey and the foal of the donkey, they were together. They were side by side. And here's, so, here's the thing that I think that we can all miss. You see, Jesus summoned both of them, but Jesus was always going to choose the foal. He, he didn't like, both weren't brought to him, and he's like, hmm, which one should I choose? He was always going to choose the foal. He chooses to ride upon the foal of the donkey, which was much smaller and lower to the ground. He not only rode upon it, what was considered the lowliest of animals, but again, it wasn't even a horse. And this was to fulfill what the prophet Zechariah said all the way back in the Old Testament. Zechariah was one of the minor prophets And in chapter 9, verse 9, he prophesied that there would come a day that your king will someday come to you, righteous, victorious, and lowly, and riding on a donkey, the foal of a donkey. Amen. It's like maybe a light moment for someone right there. And there's another one. Um, So I actually put a post out on Facebook during the week. Uh, I just had this little crazy thought. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to kind of demonstrate what this possibly could have looked like. And so I put a Facebook post out there and uh, saying, hey, does anyone have something like this? It was actually a picture of a a rocking horse, like a a small toy horse. And and our dear sister Giselle Hafer responded with a photo saying, would this do? And I said, perfect. And so Giselle, which is an amazing looking uh, donkey. I'm going to call it a donkey. It's a horse. Yeah. Uh, but Giselle, why don't you bring it out? <laughs> Come on up here, Giselle. Yeah, I'll bring it up here. Is it heavy? Let's give Giselle a hand of uh, show some love. Just right there. Thank you so much, Giselle. Now, there's no chance I'm going to break this, is it? No chance. Even if I sit on it. <laughs> say, say again so that everyone can hear you. Oh,
1: they're going to kill me. My sisters have given it a go.
0: Have they? Like, just for fun. Oh, that's cool. Does it do anything, by the way? If I bounce on it. Go on, Giselle, just show. <laughs> You're not going to do that? So if I bounce on it, something's going to happen. Ah. Yeah, I do, I do. I'm just thinking am I going to try that I'm not really sure um, all right right well I'm going to sit upon it oh okay <laughs> all right so here I am what I'm calling the cult sitting upon the cult of a donkey um, it does Okay, I'm a little bit scared because a little bit of a a lip there on the stage and I might go over. So, um, now, can I just say that Jesus riding upon the colt of a donkey would have looked a little bit ridiculous, don't you think? Like, don't you think? And we're talking about a king. He was the king of kings, the creator of all things. And he chooses not to sit upon a white horse as described in Revelation. Because, you know, the Bible does talk about in Revelation, I'll give you the, the passage in a moment. The Bible talks about that Jesus is coming back again. When he comes back again, he's not going to be sitting on the colt of a donkey. He's going to be sitting on what's known as a white war horse. It's a war horse. And back in those days, a king, when they would ride into a city, they would sit upon a war horse, okay, higher than every, they were like far above. They wanted them to know that they were the king, that they were the supreme leader. But Jesus, he knew who he was. He knew why he had come. He said, I have not come to be served. I have come to serve and to give my life a ransom for all and so he chooses to ride upon a donkey and I just couldn't help but think to myself because you know what there's and I know that a lot of you would know perhaps most of you there is so much happening in the global church at the moment you know I just think to uh to myself when it comes to if you want you can be seated I'm actually because I'm just about to lean forward and get a little bit more comfortable as i just mosey along on this donkey <laughs> i'm actually quite comfortable it's could be a regular thing um you know when covid hit the glo- it hit the world clearly but when it hit uh the global church you know it was a massive thing for the global church it hit such a, a reset button every church was rethinking about how we're going to do church and uh, what's it all going to look like? And everyone like just could not believe that the whole global church had their doors shut. Who would have ever thought that there would come a day when every global church would shut their doors? And so now we've gotten through that. And I know that there's a little bit of fatigue post-COVID still going on, not just within the church, but obviously people in general. But now we've been hit with another global church wave when it comes to what's happening around the church globally and I don't need to mention any names or any churches because and it's not just happening in perhaps churches that you think it's happening far and wide and I actually do believe that God is behind that now when I say that I believe it's because of God's love grace and faithfulness this is what I believe this is my conviction so he's allowing things to be exposed now because of his love And because of his grace and because he's faithful to complete the work that he begun in us and the work that he wants to complete in us is not a work for uh, you know church success right it's to complete Christ in us to be more like Jesus that's the work that he wants to complete in us so I do believe that because of his love he's allowing certain things to be exposed so that every single one of us Not just the people that we think, I'm talking about the one in the mirror, you and I, so that every single one of us can repent, reset, be renewed, be refreshed, to go and be more like Jesus. And so, again, can we just think about Jesus for a moment? Our King, our Lord, our Saviour, the Creator of all things, chose to ride upon a lowly donkey. He chose the lowliest donkey way to go into jerusalem not the supreme way and sometimes isn't it true that within the church we can look for the supreme way the elitist way you know this can happen with pastors this can happen with leaders this can happen with anyone who feels like they are entitled to something that god has not called them to do and so I I pray that on this Palm Sunday, the thing that we're going to remember the most is that Jesus chose to ride upon a lowly donkey. Like, I I actually think to myself that his feet must have been touching the ground. But Jesus, I I just sort of had this thought. It's not in Scripture, so this is my thought. But I sort of had a sense that his feet would have been touching the ground. Maybe he was kind of, as the donkey was moving forward, his feet he was sort of walking with the donkey because because heaven was always touching earth just a thought just a thought i just know that it's the most amazing example that he has given us to follow and you know for me as a as a christian as your brother as just a follower of jesus with no other title because the greatest title that i can have you can have is a servant I'm just a vessel, and that's it. You're just a vessel. And you know what we can't do? This is great, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, Giselle. Oh, I'm tempted to have a little ride, but I've got to stay focused. Um, you know what we can't determine? We, we can't determine people's destiny. We can't determine people's other people's decisions. All we can be is a humble vessel, and that really matters to God. Jesus is saying, in this passage of Matthew and throughout the Gospels, he's saying, yes, I'm coming. I'm coming into the city, and yes, I'm moving, but I'm not coming and I'm moving as you thought or as you expected. And I just think, isn't that just like God? He's coming into the city. The people all around him are expecting him to be someone to them, but he didn't come To fulfill their expectations, he came in the likeness of God. The crowds, what they were wanting, listen to what the crowds wanted, because they had gathered, and in case you don't know, there were thousands of people that had gathered, right? And so uh, the crowds were wanting someone to save them from their temporary circumstances. Someone who would meet their wants and someone who would meet their needs now. They were looking for a temporary and earthly solution. But Jesus was wanting them to follow, first of all, his example of humility, his example of peace, and what it really meant to love and serve people and to go and love and serve the poor, the outcasts, the rejected, the sick, the wounded, and the lonely. When Jesus was being whom they wanted him to be, they gave him palms. But when Jesus was being who they needed him to be, like really needed him to be, they gave him the palms of their hands as they struck him, pulled out his beard, and placed a crown of thorns upon his head. On one week, Jesus was given palms and shouts of praise. He was given shouts of praise. And can I just say... That shouts of praise for Jesus doesn't always represent a heart cry or a shout of sincere praise. For on Palm Sunday, on this day, thousands of people were crying out, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, glory be to God. These were the shouts of praise that they gave him on Palm Sunday. And within a week, those shouts of praise were turned into shouts of crucify him. And as I've already said in the ancient Middle Eastern world, kings rode upon a white war horse to symbolize that they were not only a great king, but that they were going to war. And according to Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 to 21, this white war horse is how Jesus will return. However, uh, a king would also ride into a city to also symbolize, not just war upon a war horse, but to also symbolize peace. And that's why Jesus came in riding upon the colt of a donkey. A donkey represented peace. And Jesus came riding upon the colt of a donkey to symbolize lowliness, humility, grace, and peace. And I want to ask you today... Are you walking around, driving around, perhaps riding around with a rage of anger within you? Or are you at peace? Have you made your peace with God? Just think about the answer to the question. Because, you know, I'm just aware that so much of the pressure around our world today could really cause us to be anxious, fearful, angry, and anything but peace. I really do believe that uh, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. uh, That so many actually, that's what I felt I heard him say that so many have lost their peace because we're thinking, perhaps overthinking, more about what we want from God, what we think we should be entitled to, like the crowds on Palm Sunday, and what we desire as we think about our anxieties, our wants, our needs, what I want from the church. Where are you at today? Because today you can make, you can be reconciled back to God afresh. Can can you see, even right now, perhaps, you know, just with the imagery that we've been uh, communicating today, can you see Jesus, your King? Can you see, behold, see your King coming into your situation with lowliness and peace? The Apostle John, sorry, the Apostle James, uh, he said in James chapter 4 verses 1 to 3, he, he begins with a question and he says, Where do wars and where do fights come from, come from among you? Do they not come from your own desires for pleasure, that war in your own members? Do they not come from your desires for your pleasure, The things that war on the inside of you. I know that you all look fantastic right now. You all look great. You all look well together and, uh, you know, sitting upright and everything like that. But I know that there's something else going on the inside. And the good news is that God knows about it as well. James goes on to say that you lust... But you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not perceive because you ask at times amiss, so that what you get, you can spend on yourself. The issues that we have are really with ourselves. We tie ourselves up. Uh, we tie ourselves up with, um, you know, with uh, work, with the business, with this and that things that don't really produce what you really want nothing wrong with all of those things but it's probably guys it's probably not always healthy if the order of things is not in a kingdom order and what about praying a prayer to God that says God you know what bothers you what do you love you know even when it comes to church You know it's a question that i i constantly ask god and and am asking more and more god when it comes to church what do you really love what what really matters to you loving and serving god by loving and serving people that's what's most important in the end that's what's going to matter the most guys and i just believe that we have a great opportunity you know to reach out to our neighbor Why don't you take one of those cards and pray over it and say, Lord, what are you doing today? Why don't you pray that prayer? Lord, what are you doing today? And can I be a part of it? Can I be a part of fulfilling your desire and your will for the person who's in front of me? Can I just say, don't look over the shoulder of the person that you're talking to. Just say, Lord, can I be a part of you know, your will for this person today? And what would you like me to say? How can I encourage them? How can I love and serve them? You know, we have a great opportunity when it comes to Easter. And we know that the stone was rolled away from the tomb's entrance, not to necessarily let Christ out, but so that people could be let in. And that's one of the great messages of Easter. Anyone can come. And today I want to encourage you to let the Prince of Peace in according to Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, which says, Jesus said, Here I am. He's here today. Do you know that the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, that He is there in our midst? And so He is here today. And Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, He said, Here I am, Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come in and dine with that person and they with me. Pray this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, today I open up the door of my heart and with simple faith, I ask Jesus to come in and I acknowledge that Jesus is my lord my savior my friend my healer and the prince of peace come into my life jesus and forgive me of all my sins in jesus name amen Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit
1: gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.